0: Hello, this is Mark Eckstein, and for the next hour, I will be reading the May 25th, 2023 issue of Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Wyoming County declares State of Emergency. With the expiration of Title 42, Many New York state counties are declaring a state of emergency due to a concern about New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, expressing plans to bus migrants to counties outside of New York City. Title 42 was enacted during former President Donald Trump's term and began back in March 2020. Title 42 allowed U.S. officials to turn away migrants who came to the U.S.-Mexico border on the grounds of preventing the spread of COVID-19, the Associated Press reported. Following Trump's term, President Joe Biden took office and kept Title 42, but in January 2023, his office announced that the U.S. was ending national COVID-19 emergencies, thus resulting in Title 42 expiring. On May 11, 2023, Title 42 restrictions were lifted. While the restrictions have been lifted, new restrictions locally have been placed on May 18th, 2023, at approximately 10.10 a.m., a state of emergency was declared in Wyoming County by Chairwoman Rebecca Ryan. As the City of New York has experienced a dramatic increase in asylum seekers since the expiration of Title 42, the Mayor of the City of New York has expressed plans to bus migrants arriving in the city to counties outside of the City of New York. This places a tremendous burden on our rural counties, which lack the necessary housing infrastructure needed for these migrants, the declaration states. Ryan also cited that while Wyoming County strives to be a welcoming community to lawful migrants, as well as show recognition for all the work they do in the county, the lack of housing facilities within the county and the unlawful migrants pose a grave risk to the social, health, and emergency services resources of the county. In an attempt to prevent potentially harmful impacts that the county has seen in other counties downstate, the county has placed local emergency orders to restrict entities who may make contracts with persons, business, or entities doing business within the county to transport migrants or asylum seekers to locations in the county, or to house persons at locations in the county for any length of time without the express written permission of the chairwoman of the wyoming county board of supervisors the declaration reads ryan explained that written consent allows the county to evaluate the number needs and impact on an individual basis wyoming county has a shortage of housing and capabilities to provide to those currently in need of services within the county in addition Hotels, motels, or owners of multiple dwellings in Wyoming County are permitted to contract in business with any other municipality other than Wyoming County for the purpose of providing housing for migrants or asylum seekers. Should a municipality, hotel, motel, or owner of a multiple dwelling violate the emergency order, the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office will have the authorization to issue them appearance tickets, which will be a Class B misdemeanor. In addition, civil penalties may be given. The penalty will be no more than $2,000 per migrant or asylum seeker for each day, or part thereof, during which such violation continues. Ryan explained that the county's only hotel is currently being used by traveling nurses and doctors who are needed on a regular basis to supplement the healthcare employees at Wyoming County Community Hospital. The influx of traveling health workers to the hospital is due to the need to meet the state-mandated standards for hospital operations. Wyoming County is one of many counties that has declared a state of emergency. Often, the of the four counties in the Glow region, Genesee, Livingston, Orleans, and Wyoming, three have declared a state of emergency so far. Both Genesee and Orleans counties declared their state of emergency just one day before Wyoming County. As of reporting, Livingston County has not declared a state of emergency. Taking a look at counties in the western New York region, both Cattaraugus and Allegheny counties have declared emergencies. However, Erie County still has not. Reaching out to Erie County, Deputy Press Secretary Daniel Meyer stated that currently these executive orders that have been issued are the subject of ongoing litigation and are being monitored by the county's attorney's office. Once an appellate division or a higher court renders an opinion on them, we will have a clearer path forward on how to proceed, he explained. Myers continued stating that while they have not declared an emergency, the county is aware that their emergency housing and homeless shelters are already at or above capacity. Erie County has no ability to shelter large numbers of homeless immigrants, Myers said. Myers also noted that the county is currently unaware of even a single asylum seeker arriving in Erie County from New York City, and therefore there is no emergency to respond to. Chairwoman Ryan had also reported as of Tuesday, May 23rd, that the county has not been notified of any arrival of migrant asylum seekers. Wyoming County's declaration states that it will remain in effect for 30 days or until rescinded, and the local emergency order will remain in effect for five days. Wyoming County is a very rural county with extremely limited resources, infrastructure, and housing facilities, Ryan said. The state of emergency and local emergency orders have been done in an effort to alleviate potential impacts that would be detrimental to migrant asylum seekers as well as Wyoming County residents. Liberty Way Flag Exchange honors veterans. Warsaw, New York. Although a little rainy, Nothing could stop members of the community from coming out, donning their umbrellas and raincoats, to watch the biannual military flag exchange at Liberty Way on Saturday, May 20th, 23, which is Armed Forces Day. This was the 25th flag-changing ceremony, veteran John Ryan said. He continued that the idea to have military service flags flown at Liberty Way started back in 2010 and was presented to the Warsaw Chamber of Commerce by veterans. The first meeting regarding Liberty Way was held on June 15, 2010 and there it was estimated that it would take them a year to raise funds for the installation of the five flagpoles. This county is very veteran friendly and within five months the poles were erected and paid for. On September eleventh, 2010, Patriot's Day, we raised and dedicated our first poles and flags, Ryan said. Following the Pledge of Allegiance, veteran Raymond Cummins said the invocation. The retirement of the flags was as follows. The MIA POW flag in honor of the Vietnam Veterans of America. The Army flag in honor of Burton Jones. The Marine flag in honor of Bernard Tooley. The Navy flag in honor of Robert Hubush, The Air Force flag in honor of Larry and Ellsworth Baker. The Coast Guard in honor of the Liberty Way flag and the Merchant Marines were honored by the Warsaw Vets Club Auxiliary. Following the retirement of the flags, Cummins proceeded with the blessing of the flags. The following flags were raised and will remain there until Veterans Day. The first dedication was the MIA POW flag which was raised in honor of the Warsaw Vets Club Auxiliary. The Army flag was raised in honor of Jack Wind by Melanie Struthers Davis. Bob Redman was honored by his wife Sharon who raised the Marines flag. Veteran Ed Jones was honored with the raising of the Navy flag by Terry and Tracy Jones. The Air Force flag was raised in honor of Jim McLaughlin by his wife Christine. The Coast Guard flag was raised in honor of all Coast Guards and the Merchant Marines flag was raised in honor of all Merchant Marines. Both flags were raised by the Liberty Flag Committee. Ryan thanked the Color Guard and the Joint Veterans Council. The benediction was provided by Cummins before everyone departed from the exchange. Donations may be made to Liberty Way Flags, Care of D. Barnes, 90 Prospect Street, Warsaw, New York, 14569. If you have questions, please call 585-786-2404. The next flag exchange will take place on Veterans Day, November 11th, 2023. From the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office, Car Chase leads deputies through two towns and one village. At approximately 1.46 a.m. on Saturday, May 20th, 2023, police observed a vehicle traveling westbound on State Route 20A in the town of Perry at a high rate of speed. According to a press release from the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office, the vehicle was traveling at a speed of 92 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. Police attempted to conduct a traffic stop for a speeding violation, but the vehicle failed to comply with the emergency lights and sirens and continued to travel at speeds estimated to be over 100 miles per hour. Deputies disengaged in pursuing the vehicle and followed at a safe distance where it continued towards the village of Warsaw. While following the vehicle, deputies observed the vehicle commit several other vehicle and traffic law violations, such as passing multiple vehicles at a high rate of speed in the town of Warsaw, the Sheriff's Office reported. The vehicle was eventually stopped by the village of Warsaw Police Department. The operator of the vehicle was identified as Kendry A. Molina, 19, from New York City. Molina was charged with reckless driving, failure to comply with a lawful order, speeding in a zone, speed not reasonable and prudent, improper passing, failure to keep right, improper or no signal, and consumption of marijuana in a motor vehicle. Molina was given appearance tickets, for all his charges and is due back in the town of Warsaw court on June 5th Molina was also cited for numerous other charges by the village of Warsaw as well as other tickets from the town of Perry three teens ejected from a utility vehicle one sustains serious injury on May 13th 2023 at approximately 8:16 p.m. Wyoming County Sheriff's Office 911 Center received a call for a motor vehicle accident on Glore Road in Attica involving a utility vehicle. Upon arrival, police located three patients who had been ejected from the vehicle. It was discovered that the utility vehicle was traveling eastbound on Glore Road and left the north shoulder of the roadway. The UTV had then crashed into a ditch and overturned, ejecting the occupants, a press release reads. The operator of the vehicle was a sixteen year old male and sustained serious injuries as a result. He was transported by by monroe ambulance to O'Shea Children's Hospital in Buffalo. The other two passengers, a seventeen year old male and a sixteen year old female, sustained minor injuries and were also transported to O'Shea Children's Hospital for treatment. The investigation is ongoing and is being handled by the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office Road Patrol Division. Also assisting at the scene were Monroe Ambulance, Attica Fire Department, Bennington Fire Department, and Eddie's Collision. Town of Eagle Signs Intermunicipal Agreement The Town of Eagle approved to sign an intermunicipal agreement to allow the county to officially assign addresses on Thursday, May 18, 2023. Supervisor Michael Roche pointed out during the meeting that the county has been assigning addresses for a long time but noted that they had been doing so with no agreement. He continued that they would like the town to assign the agreement so they can continue assigning addresses as they have been. Roche pointed out that sometime down the road there could be potential issues with another Intermunicipal agreement with them citing that as they update items some people's addresses and roads may change that might be where we question things just a little bit more but as far as this agreement it just says yeah you can keep issuing addresses as they come in Roach said trustee Clarence George stated that he believes the county has been doing a good job with it and Roach agreed that he had been happy with the county's work in other board news bullet point Supervisor Roche reported that the town had received the payment from the Dormitory Authority of the State of New York for the Recreation Center project for the second set of soundproofing materials. The town received $6,447.54. Bullet point. The board adopted a backup policy as well as an electronic transfer fund policy. Bullet point. Supervisor Roche presented the board with some items that could be used for the rest of their American Rescue Plan Act funds. Some items presented were purchasing a new lawnmower, installing radiant heat in the rec center and in the highway building, etc. Roche reported that everything proposed would not be completely covered by the funds, but everyone on the board agreed that they do not want to waste those funds that they have been left. Roche stated that the town could use the funds in the general bill to cover anything that would not be covered by those ARPA funds. Bullet point. Superintendent of Highways Mark Roche reported that the auction for the surplus items was done. The item that had no bid was the old voting machine. Roche stated that they will scrap it. The board accepted the bids for the rest of the surplus items that were sold from the auction. Bullet point. Town Clerk Stacy Prevorce received her notary license. Bullet point. The board approved the following bills to be paid General Fund in the amount of $18,915.23, Highway Fund in the amount of $19,051.08, Water Fund in the amount of $4,467.19, and Street Lighting Fund in the amount of six hundred twenty one dollars and thirty seven cents April's total bills were forty three thousand fifty four dollars and eighty seven cents you are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier radio reading service weekly police report from the New York State Police Monday May 15th in Sheldon a 35-year-old from Perry was involved in a one-car motor vehicle accident on Route 20A no injuries were reported Wednesday May 17th Brian Quatroki, 45 of Attica was charged with possession of dangerous contraband in prison in the first degree a Class D felony this charge relates to an incident that occurred on January 18th, 2023 at approximately 7:30 a.m. He is currently being held on this charge and the investigation is pending. Thursday, May 18th in Warsaw. Gary A Draper, 77 of Warsaw was charged with criminal contempt in the second degree, breach of peace, noise with the intent to interrupt a court's proceedings. He was released on his own recognizance. Sunday, May twenty-first, Granger. Michael A. Clark, 45, of Bliss, was charged with one count of operating a motor vehicle with a blood alcohol content of 1% as a first offense and one account of DWI as a first offense. He was given appearance tickets for his charges. In Bennington, police responded to a residence in the town of Bennington for a landlord-tenant issue. In Orangeville, Jose L. Hernandez Martinez, 27, of Portageville, was charged on one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the 7th degree, one count of DWI as a first offense, and one count of aggravated DWI with a blood alcohol content of at least 0.08%, with no prior. He was given an appearance ticket. The Warsaw Police Department report the following. Monday, May 15th, on East Buffalo Street, Kristen L. Lannan, 41, of Wyoming, was charged with AUO in the third degree following a traffic stop for having an uninspected motor vehicle. She was processed roadside and issued an appearance ticket. Lannan is set to return to the village of Warsaw court on June 5th. Wednesday, May 17th, on Prospect Street, following an in. Investigation into a shoplifting incident at the Dollar General, Erin E. Schaefer, 44, of Newfane, was charged with petty larceny. She was processed and issued an appearance ticket. Schaefer is due to appear in court on June fifth. On Reed Avenue, police responded to a residence after receiving multiple loud music complaints. Jamie D. Murphy, 45, of Warsaw, was subsequently charged with violating the Village Noise Ordinance, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest. She is due back to the Village of Warsaw Court on June 5th. The Wyoming County Sheriff's Office reports the following. On Thursday, May 4th, John Wilbur, 43, of Eagle, allegedly touched the intimate parts of another person for his own gratification, as well as acted in a manner that would have likely caused injuries to the physical, mental, or moral welfare of a child less than 17 years old. According to police, he has been charged with four counts of forcible touching and four counts of endangering the welfare of a child. He is due in the town of Eagle Court on June 23rd. On Monday May 8th in Warsaw, Wyoming County Sheriff deputies conducted a traffic stop along State Route 20A after observing a vehicle being driven by Carrie Cartwright, 44, of Perry. Police reported that Cartwright is known to have a suspended New York driver's license and was ultimately charged with aggravated unlicensed operation in the third degree. Cartwright was issued an appearance ticket and is set to appear in the town of Warsaw court at a later date. On Tuesday, May 9th in Middlebury, police responded to a domestic incident on Gay Road in the town of Middlebury. Authorities reported Jared H. Gay, 55, of Middlebury, had shot a pistol from his residence toward the roadway during an altercation where the other individuals were driving up the roadway. Following the shot, a physical fight between multiple people occurred and resulted in a victim sustaining serious injuries police stated that gay has been charged with assault in the second degree reckless endangerment in the first degree criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree and menacing in the second degree he was arraigned in the town of Warsaw court and due to the three charges he was remanded to Wyoming County Jail on twenty thousand dollars bail an order of protection was issued for the three separate victims Gay is to return to the town of Middlebury court at a later date to answer the charges. Assisting the scene were the New York State Troopers and the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office Criminal Investigation Division. On Friday, may twelfth, in Sheldon, police conducted a traffic stop on Route twenty A. The operator of the vehicle, Noah P. Zakowitz, twenty 21- one 21 of West Seneca was reported to have been showing general indicators of impairment during a roadside investigation Zachowitz submitted to standard field sobriety tests and performed poorly he was taken to the Wyoming County Sheriff's Office where he submitted a drug recognition evaluation conducted by a certified drug recognition expert it was determined that he was under the influence of a central nervous system stimulant and cannabis and was unable to operate the vehicle in a safe manner. Zachowitz was charged with DWI Drugs, DWI Drugs Combination Special, and following too closely. He was processed and given an appearance ticket for all his charges. He is due in the town of Sheldon Court on June 22nd. Saturday, May 13th, in Perry, following a traffic stop for a window tint violation on Route 20A, Deputies reportedly found the driver of the vehicle, Daniel D. Davis, 45, of Buffalo, to be operating the motor vehicle with two active revocations on his license from 2014 and 2016. He was charged with aggravated unlicensed operation in the second degree and released with an appearance ticket. A passenger was also present at the time and was determined to be able to operate the vehicle from the scene. Davis is to return to the town of Perry Court, at a later date. On Thursday, May 18th, in Gainesville, a vehicle vehicle was observed traveling southbound with a front headlight out on State Route 19. Following a traffic stop near Dutton Road, police identified the driver as Gerald E. Murray, 41, of Sayo. Murray was reportedly discovered to have a revoked non-driver ID only in New York, as well as an interlock restriction, which had not been installed in the vehicle he was driving. Just seven minutes later, at eleven twenty eight p.m., Murray was charged with aggravated unlicensed operation in the second degree, use of a rented, leased, or loaned vehicle without an interlock, unlicensed operator, and no or inadequate headlights. He was processed roadside and released on an appearance ticket. Murray is scheduled to appear in the town of Gainesville Court at a later date. On Saturday, May 20th in Warsaw, deputies were patrolling West Buffalo Street in the village of Warsaw when they observed a gray Nissan cross over a double solid yellow line. The vehicle was stopped for failure to keep right. And following a DMV check, it was reportedly found that the driver, Josiah Martinez, 23, of Palm Bay, Florida, had his driving privileges in New York State suspended. Martinez had a total of four active suspensions on three separate dates. He was ultimately charged with aggravated unlicensed operation in the second degree and failure to keep right. He was released on appearance tickets and is due to appear in the village of Warsaw Court on June 5th. Memorial Day weekend checkpoints. As Memorial Day weekend approaches and the unofficial start to summer begins, more motorists are taking to their roadways. The sheriff's offices in the Tri-County area are reminding community members of the Click It or Ticket campaign, which encourages everyone to buckle up. This encourages proper child safety seat usage as well. The campaign runs from May 22nd to June 4th. Targeted enforcement will be between 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. and will consist of roving patrols along with possible checkpoints. The Wyoming County Sheriff's Office may participate in checkpoints alongside the New York State Police and other local law enforcement agencies within Wyoming County. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration states that in 2021, 66% of the 26,325 passenger vehicle occupants killed in crashes nationwide were men. Men also wear their seat belts at a lower rate than women do. 54% of men killed in crashes were unrestrained, compared to 42% of women killed in crashes. Under New York State law, as of November 1, 2020, New York State now requires all passengers to buckle up regardless of where they sit in the vehicle, including driver and all passengers. All children under the age of two must ride in a rear-facing child safety seat. All children under the age of four ride in child safety seats. All children ride in child restraint systems until their eighth birthday. A vehicle safety belt is not a child restraint system. Children riding in booster seats must be secured with a combination lap shoulder belt. Never secure a child in a booster seat with only a lap belt. I want seat belt use to be an automatic habit for drivers and passengers alike, said Erie County Sheriff Garcia. It's not just a safe thing to do, it's the law. During the Click It or Ticket campaign, Deputies with the traffic unit will be patrolling Erie County to ensure the message gets out to drivers and passengers. Buckling up is the simplest thing you can do to limit injury or save your life during a crash. According to the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, in 2021, 11,813 unbuckled passenger vehicle occupants were killed in crashes in the United States the same year 57 percent of passenger vehicle occupants killed at night were not wearing seat belts that's why the click it or ticket campaign focuses on nighttime enforcement participating law enforcement agencies will take a no-excuse approach to seat belt law enforcement writing citations day and night penalties for seat belt violation are as follows occupants over 16 years old fifty dollars per unrestrained occupant. A driver can receive a fine of $25 to $100 and three persons points on their license for each passenger under 16 years old. In addition to the campaign, law enforcement will also be out in full force to ensure a safe Memorial Day weekend for all. Special enforcement efforts will begin May 26th and run through May 30th. During this time, drivers can expect sobriety checkpoints and additional DWI patrols. Reckless and impaired driving will not be tolerated. If you see an impaired driver on the road, call local law enforcement. You could save a life. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Castile Village Historian Gives Officials Recent Updates The following information comes from the Village of Castile's May Drafted Meeting Minutes. The Village of Castile's Board of Trustees heard from Village Historian Kay Swires on a multitude of topics during their May 2, 2023 Board Meeting. The first discussion was on the Village of Castile's Historian Job Description. The description was presented by Mayor Keith Washburn, who described the job as, The historian is an official of our local government appointed by our village board members. The duties of the historian consist of collecting, preserving, and making available materials related to the history of our community. The historian also is responsible for preserving current records for the future. The historian preserves artifacts and significant documents in our historical museum while studying the history of our community, culture, and economics. The board moved to approve the historian's job description. Following that, Swires gave her monthly report to the board. According to the Minutes, Swires reported that three high school students had worked with her on some community service over Easter vacation. In addition, The Historian's Office has been working on their fair box, which also will be a presentation of quilts. On Saturdays, the office will hold different programs throughout the summer, including activities such as English paper piercing, butter making, and learning the history and use of cameras. Swires also reported that Nate Ryan, a student from SUNY Geneseo, started interning in May. The Historian's Office is also working on celebrating the 250 year anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Swires had also asked the Board if they could reorganize another Mary Jemison pageant play. The Board tabled the discussion until she had received more information about grants. In other news, bullet: the following bills were paid. General Fund in the amount of $12,330.32 Electric Fund in the amount of $5,415.74 Water Fund in the amount of $23,647.62 and the Sewer Fund in the amount of $7,159.93 Bullet A motion was made and carried out to accept a total of $3,938.55 that is past due in the water and sewer tax list. This amount will be relevied on the taxes. Bullet. The village fee schedule for the 2023 2024 year was approved. Bullet. Superintendent of Public Works G. Thomas Wright reported that the hydrants have been flushed and will not need to do them again until September. Bullet, Katie Shearing and Mayor Washburn were approved to be additional signers to the Tompkins Bank CDs. What happens if the government defaults? news organizations have been abuzz recently with the looming june one deadline to raise the national debt limit according to a letter written by treasury secretary janet yellen to house and senate leaders earlier this month the government's obligation to pay its bills may not be met as soon as june first if the debt limit is not raised or suspended if the government does not have the funds to pay its financial obligations then it will enter into default In fact, Congress has raised the debt ceiling 78 times since 1960 to avoid defaulting. The last time the nation reached the debt ceiling was in 2011. However, the debt limit was raised at that time. Never in U.S. history has a government default taken place. The current government debt limit is $31.38 trillion, and that limit was reached in January of this year the government has been taking extraordinary measures to keep paying its bills since January and now those coffers are drying up as well the government remains at a standstill as House Republicans claim they will not support raising the debt limit yet again unless they see government spending cuts no deal has yet been reached according to Forbes If the U.S. defaults on its debt, it would wreak havoc on the financial markets and likely send the economy into a recession. NPR states that on Wall Street, everybody acknowledges a debt default would be devastating for markets and the economy, and most investors believe lawmakers will eventually clinch a deal as they have in the past. CBS News reported earlier this month that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer raised concerns over Social Security payments stopping if the government indeed defaults. Social Security Payments or even Veterans Benefits could be severely affected if the government is forced to default on paying something. That money owed could very well be paid to debt bondholders first rather than Social Security recipients. What is the difference between a government shutdown and a default? Well, a government shutdown happens when Congress cannot agree or fails to authorize the required 12 spending plans for the next fiscal year known as appropriations bills, according to Forbes. Mostly all types of federal agencies are forced to stop their operations if these spending plans are not authorized, which causes federal workers to go unpaid. The most recent government shutdown took place in 2018 under President Donald Trump when the government was shut down for 35 days. However, a government shutdown does not affect things like Social Security payouts. That is not the case if the government defaults. As of Press Time Tuesday, May twenty third, lawmakers had yet to agree on a deal to avoid yet another historic event. CLARIFICATION in last week's edition of the paper, the article Java Eternity Gives Brief Explanation on Proposed Property Maintenance Law stated that the length of the grass at the end of mowing should be no less than 2 inches. The article should have stated no more than 2 inches. We apologize for any confusion this may have caused. Friends of the Genesee Valley Greenway celebrate Canal Lock Number 2. Join with trail enthusiasts across the country on June 3rd to celebrate the 31st annual National Trails Day with a visit to Genesee Valley Greenway State Park. The Friends of the Genesee Valley Greenway will be hosting a special program at the Greenway's circa 1840 Genesee Valley Canal Lock No. 2 in Chai This lock, the best preserved on the 90-mile historic trail, can be easily reached by walking or bicycling less than a mile south from the Greenway's Brook Road parking area on a newly improved stone dust trail. At 11 a.m., Christopher Romanchok, Alfred University adjunct professor and public historian, will present some of his recent research on the building and operation of the Genesee Valley Canal. According to Romanchok, the Genesee Valley Canal was the most technologically challenging canal constructed in America. It was the highest canal ever attempted, with a summit level nearly 1,000 feet above the Erie Canal in Rochester. Although it was never a financial success, its construction was a Herculean task accomplished with simple hand tools. The canal closed in 1878. Romanchok and Mason and Alfred State College of Technology professor Stephen Richard will lead a walk through the locks 90-foot long 15-foot wide chamber. Marvel at the massive hammer-dressed cut stone blocks that were somehow lifted into place without the aid of power tools. Learn how the wooden doors worked to let water in and out and see the remaining hinges that made the doors open and close. All the Genesee Valley canals locks were planned to be built like lock number two, but only 28 dressed stone locks were in place before a financial crisis in the 1840s forced canal builders to construct the rest of the canals 106 locks of rough cut stone lined with wooden planks or entirely of wood. The National Trail Day Lock No. 2 presentation will also offer an opportunity to discover more about the life of a lock tender and the lock tender's house which once stood next to the lock. Records indicate that in 1838 a contract was signed for a house to be built to the east of lock No. 2 at a cost of $318.61 as part of a recent federally funded trail refurbishment project the lot where the house once stood has been planted in grass and marked with newly pointed trees genesee valley greenway state park offers something for everyone and a unique trail experience enjoyable walking and bicycling in beautiful natural surroundings as well as an opportunity to experience and discover more about the transportation history of our region," said Friends of the Genesee Valley Greenway President Joan Schumacher. The Friends of the Genesee Valley Greenway was founded in 1992 to assist New York State Parks in the development, protection, promotion, and maintenance of Genesee Valley Greenway Park. The friends have since participated in National Trails Day activities each year since the American Hiking Society first organized the event in 1992 to celebrate and advocate for trails across the nation. Strong Scholarship winner is headed to Canisius College. Dequarius D.Q. Johnson Myers has a message, Never Give Up Hope. It's that positive attitude and perseverance that earned him the 2023 Strom Family Foundation Scholarship, which was announced this spring. You can be put through obstacles, but it won't define you as a person if you move on from it, he said. The annual Strom Scholarship, which was generously started by Mark Strom, a 1974 WCS graduate, is open to seniors planning to attend a four-year college. The Strom Scholarship Committee, including christine Adenolf, school counselor principal richard ellis superintendent matthew wilkins john gillen scott gardner and tom d'angelo put applicants through an extensive application process that includes a meet and greet an official interview and a presentation for his presentation dq used childhood challenges as inspiration dq was confident his presentation was successful but waiting for the official announcement was the most difficult aspect of the entire process. But then, on April 27th, and in front of his peers and parents, DQ's name was announced as the winner. Fellow seniors Madeline Berger, Peyton Cartwright, Jacob DeBats, Patrick Grover, Madeline Heim, Michaela Higgins, and Paige Troutline were also scholarship finalists. It was a blur I was very proud of myself and nervous he said about the announcement it hasn't sunk in but when we start dealing with the specifics of the scholarship then it will be awesome in the fall DQ will attend Canisius College in Buffalo to study graphic design the campus felt like Warsaw it felt like home he said about the college as a junior DQ helped edit the school podcast Tiger Nation News and it sparked an interest in him. He wanted to graduate college and eventually start his own media company and build a successful business. I like creating and getting the reaction of other people whether it's either their criticism or their enjoyment. After coming to Warsaw Central School as a new student in eighth grade, DQ found that athletics helped him form bonds with his classmates. He's gone on to excel in both football and basketball at Warsaw Central Schools. In addition to his parents, Lisa Johnson and Gregory Myers, and loved ones, DQ also credits the help of Travis Fenstermacher, who he calls a coach, mentor, friend, and big brother. I couldn't be here without him. He guided me through my sports career and has always been there, he said of Fenstermacher. WCS knows DQ's positive attitude, perseverance, and infectious personality will help him achieve his goals well beyond the walls of WCS. Genesee Community College graduates receive free tuition for life. Genesee Community College is pleased to announce the launch of Genesee for Life an innovative program allowing all GCC graduates to return to take credit-bearing courses tuition-free for life. Returning students will have the opportunity to prepare for new careers, transfer education opportunities, or to gain new skills for personal pursuits. GCC has a history of promoting lifelong learning opportunities, thereby empowering our students to become leaders in the changing world. Genesee for Life takes that commitment even further," said GCC President Dr. James Sunser. Now, more than ever, the world we live in is evolving rapidly, and with that comes the continual evolution of educational and employment opportunities. All students who have graduated from GCC now have the insurance that should they ever wish or need to pursue a new field of study GCC will welcome them back with free tuition for life. Genesee for Life will welcome its first students for the fall 2023 semester and registration has already begun. For more information on available courses, registration, and campus contacts for assistance, please visit www.genesee.edu slash Genesee 4 numerical 4 life. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Academic Accomplishments Locals receive academic achievement recognition. The following locals have been recognized for academic achievement at their respective college or university. At Ohio Wesleyan University, Abby Parker of Perry has graduated as of May 13th. Parker earned a Bachelor of Arts degree and majored in Zoology, pre professional, and minored in academic music and chemistry. At Cedarville University, Noah Harvey of Perry, majoring in nursing, was named to the Spring 2023 Dean's Honor List. At Southern New Hampshire University, named to Winter Term's President's List were Brennan Bizon of Warsaw, Jennifer Flady of Warsaw, and Natalie Pfeiffer of Attica. New Dairy Ambassador crowned in Wyoming County. The Wyoming County Dairy Promotion Program crowned their new ambassador and associate ambassador this past Sunday, May 21st, 2023. Michelle Youngers received a crown to become the 2023-2024 ambassador, while Letchworth Central Schools junior Emily Pearl became her associate. The former dairy ambassador, Megan Youngers, was able to pass her crown to her cousin and stated I wanted to give back to the industry that has given me so much by sharing my love for the dairy industry during her reign she created the adopt a calf program from her dairy farm through this program she was able to teach pre-k and kindergarteners about the dairy industry they will then meet their calf at the annual end of school field trip other award winners including during this program include junior dairy ambassador Olivia Borber, who was not able to attend but received the go-getter award for her commitment to the program Louise Herrick received the public relations award because she's always the one to step in to help stated Joanne Schreiber. The ambassadors were chosen by three judges Nicole Ayers, Joanne Haskell and Lisa Metch who judged the ladies on their presentations public speaking and the question that was asked by Scott Gardner what does the term dairy advocacy mean to you the Wyoming County dairy promotion program and the new ambassadors look forward to seeing the community at upcoming events check out their Facebook page continuously for all the ways that you can support the dairy industry Dream Lake campground is ready for the summer season Dream Lake Campground nestled amidst the picturesque woods in Wyoming County is all set to kick off the summer season for campers and outdoor enthusiasts. Many new changes and additions to the campground promise to make this season an unforgettable adventure. The Wyoming County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism Office held a ribbon-cutting ceremony on Friday, May 12, 2023 to celebrate the work completed at the campground by owners Patty and Keith Jarnott, who purchased Dream Lake Campground in 2014. Patty, a Warsaw graduate, received a bachelor's degree in mathematics from SUNY Fredonia and then certification in athletic training from Brockport. She worked as an athletic trainer and then as the branch director at the Wyoming County YMCA. Although she loved all of her career opportunities, Patty said she was looking for a new challenge. My family thought that I had lost my mind when I decided to purchase Dream Lake Campground, but I had faith that it would work out. It was close to home and family, and it had a lot of potential. Keith still works full-time, but spends his time off helping at the campground as well. Patty and Keith have put a lot of work into the campground over the last few years. Focusing on improving the existing facilities, the improvements and the camping industry boom led them to add on. When we took over Dream Lake, it was in need of some time, love, and repairs, Patty said. We replaced equipment and worked with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Reserve to get the Canadian geese issue under control. We cleaned up the lake to make it a beautiful body of water that everyone can swim, float, and fish in. To make summers more memorable, the campground now offers kayak rentals. The Jarnuts have also purchased new pedal carts. Upgraded the camp store, remodeled older bathhouses, upgraded many sites, and opened up a kitchen for delicious food for dinner on weekends. The largest changes are the new pond, 46 new full hookup sites, a double dump station, two new bathhouses, a new playground, and upgraded Wi-Fi, Patty said. We are also installing a security gate system and a gaga ball pit with new swing sets. The Jarnots want encourage not only to returning campers but potential guests that camping is a great way to spend quality time with your family and friends. It is a fantastic way to unplug and slow down the rush of life and enjoy who and what you have. If you are looking to create lifelong memories contact the Jarnots at 585-786-5172 or check out the Facebook page. Dream Lake is located at 4391 Old Buffalo Road in Warsaw. Letter to the Editor Regarding Wyoming County Community Health System's Maternity Floor Dear Editor As I listened to the interview posted on Facebook by video news service when the Wyoming County Community Hospital CEO announced the closing of the maternity floor I couldn't help but think about how obvious it is that business exchanges are more important to the leaders than serving and addressing the community in Wyoming County. The labor and delivery floor at Wyoming County Community Hospital has played an essential role in the community for years. Although the statistics and facts support suspending services on the floor, how it was addressed did not reflect any empathy for the nurses and community affected by this sudden and life-changing decision. The leaders at Wyoming County Community Hospital should provide effective and inspiring leadership by actively participating in all programs. When a leader actively involves himself in understanding the day-to-day operations of the maternity floor and analyzes the intricacies of the job, it becomes apparent how hard the OB nurses work. Not only do the nurses care for patients, observe and assess, administer medications, track patient progress, and complete important paperwork, but they also stay abreast of new research and technology in the field. During the interview, Mr. Cobus, the CEO, commented that, quote, nurses on our floor who would would sit for two and three and four days with nothing to do, and it's very hard to maintain competencies, unquote. Whether this comment is research-based or was Mr. Cobus's opinion or observation is unknown. Did leadership notice the OB nurses losing skills over time and not step in to provide professional development and support? If so, it sounds more like a problem with the leadership competencies. There are nurses on the maternity floor at Wyoming County Community Hospital that have served the community for over 30 years and delivered more than hundreds of babies each. They are some of the best nurses. They have spent time away from their families on holidays to care for other families, pledged overtime, saved lives, committed themselves through COVID, and supported each other in doing what is best for patients and the community they are dedicated and hard-working in fact one of the OB nurses was nominated for nurse of the year in New York State by the March of Dimes and two have earned nurse of distinction from the hospital to me that says a lot about the caliber of nurses and their competencies on the maternity floor the comments made about the nursing staff on the Wyoming County Community Hospital maternity floor through the interview lacked support guidance and empathy the comments were insulting and did not represent the nurses that serve on the maternity floor in the hospital recognizing their dedication to the profession and to the community over the years would have been the reputable thing to do although it was mentioned that nurses would not be laid off this will still affect their schedules their lives and disrupt their professional goals and aspirations this was a business exchange for the leaders at Wyoming County Community Hospital but not for the nurses. The maternity floor at the hospital may need to suspend its services but leaders at the hospital should also recognize the nurses by making them feel accomplished, empowered, and valued for their service. They deserve it. Signed, Ashley Beyer, Monroe, North Carolina. Memorial Day 2023 services throughout the Tri-County area. In Arcade, on Sunday, May 28th, memorial ceremonies with rifles and taps at St. Mary's Cemetery in East Arcade at 10 a.m. and at Couriers Cemetery at noon. On Monday, May 29th in Arcade, parade lineup at 9 a.m. at the Arcade Fire Hall will travel to the Post Legion Home on West Main Street in Arcade. The Pioneer Marching Band will join the parade. The parade will be followed by a ceremony and reading of a Pioneer student at the post with lunch for veterans and their families. A ceremony will be held at the Pines in Machias at 2 p.m. In Attica on Monday, May 29th, beginning at 9 a.m., the veterans will take part in a parade and ceremony to the memorial next to Five Star Bank on Main Street. In Bennington on Monday, May 29th, a Memorial Day observance will take place at the Colesville Cemetery beginning at 11 a.m. At this time, a roll call of deceased military veterans from the town will be read. Observance includes music from the Attica Marching Band, a brief history of Memorial Day, and the reading of the roll call. Following the ceremony, the band marches to the Town Museum in Clinton Street for a brief performance, and then the Historical Society hosts a hot dog sale, free meal for veterans. In Castile on Sunday, May 28th, beginning at 9 a.m. on Main Street at the Doughboy Hope and Grace Ceremony with firing and taps. In Eagle, On Monday, May 29th, Memorial Day services with rifles and taps by Eagle Memorial Legion Post 1720 will begin at Eagle Cemetery on Genesee Road at 9 a.m. and continue at 20-minute intervals at Cadwell, Lyonsburg, Smith's Corners, Bug Road in Hermitage, and Union Park in Wethersfield cemeteries. At noon, the Legion will then march from the Legion Post, to the world war two memorial at the bliss church with a veteran service including firing and taps following the parade a family style picnic will be held at the legion in perry on monday may 29th there will be a parade on main street at 10 a.m and honors at the vets club at 11 a.m in pike on sunday may 28th <coughs> Elmwood Cemetery, 1 p.m. with guest speaker, Wyoming County Veterans Service Director, Anthony Solina. The ceremony will include firing and taps. Chicken barbecue at the post home beginning at 3 p.m. until sold out. In Strikersville, on Monday, May 29th, the six-star American Legion Post 637 of Strikersville will hold a number of memorial services at the following locations, times are approximate. At St. Patrick's Church Cemetery in Javis Center, 9 a.m. The Cemetery on Line Road in Johnsonburg, 9.40 a.m. The Cemetery on Route 98 in 10 10.15 a.m. The North Java Cemetery at 11 a.m. St. Cetil- Cecilia's Cemetery in Sheldon at 11.35 a.m. Dutch Hollow Cemetery on Line Road at 11.45 The cemetery on Route 78 in Java Village at 12.05 p.m. And the cemetery on Sanders Hill Road in Strikersville at 12.20 p.m. Members of the Legion will travel back to the post home following the service for a small ceremony and meal at around 1 p.m. In Warsaw on Friday, May 28th, all of the following include firing and taps. The cloisters at 9 a.m., the Skilled Nursing Facility at the Warsaw Hospital at 9.45 a.m., the Eastside Nursing Facility at 10.45 a.m., Crestview Terrace at 11.15 a.m., and Connect 55 Plus at 12.15 p.m. On Saturday, May 27th in Warsaw, for Armed Forces Week, Liberty Way on 20A, Changing of the Colors with Firing and Taps and in Warsaw on Monday, May 29th, beginning at 10 a.m., firing and taps with a ceremony at the Downtown Monument, followed by marching to the Warsaw Cemetery with Dan Burling and firing and taps, immediately to be followed by a ceremony with firing and taps at the Wyoming County Vets Club with lunch afterwards. You have been listening to a reading of articles and features from the May twenty fifth, 2023 issue of Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Your reader has been Mark Eckstein. Thank you for listening.